If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You've got this voice that's constantly saying, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do what everybody else is doing? Why am I always late? Why can't I turn my homework on in time? You're beating yourself up. And over time, that can cause anxiety and depression. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. As an adult, it's not often that we learn new things about ourselves. For me, by the time I hit 30, I thought I pretty much had myself and everything else figured out, right? Well, it turns out I was wrong, like very wrong. And my guest today changed my life back in 2021 when she came onto my podcast and uncovered a massive missing piece of my identity, something I will forever be grateful for. Tracy Otsuka is a certified ADHD coach, an author, and the host of the wildly popular podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. Today, we're diving into the misunderstood world of ADHD in women, challenging stereotypes, and reshaping perceptions. Now, she's back on my show in May of 2021, and I can't even tell you how much gold diggers loved her conversation. Her work is seriously a breath of fresh air for ADHD women, and it provides this roadmap for us to turn our struggles into our strengths. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about Tracy's strength-based approach and how it can empower women to harness creativity, empathy, and our entrepreneurial spirit. We're also going to dive into some of the scientific aspects of ADHD and debunk some of the myths around it. Prepare to be inspired and challenged as Tracy shares her expertise, her stories, and her transformative message of her book. Whether you're directly impacted by ADHD or simply curious about the neurodiverse brain, this interview promises to be an eye-opener, offering this new lens to view ADHD and its place in the tapestry of human diversity. Tracy Otsuka, welcome back to the Gold Digger Podcast. 
Your sales software shouldn't be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. Like you're sitting in the pilot seat with easy to use powerful controls. And that's the magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win quarter over quarter and year over year. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that reduce your workload, managing leads is a lot less like manual labor. And closing deals, it's no big deal at all. Wrangle your day-to-day tasks on a seamless platform that makes navigating contacts, calls, and analytics easy. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to be personal assistants for your CRM. Simply prompt it to pull up a contact, sum up last week's sales, or research your competitors. By automating steps across the sales pipeline, you can take back your time and spend it on more impactful tasks. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. That's HubSpot.com slash sales. There are very few guests that I get to say these next words to. And this woman is absolutely one of them. Tracy Otsuka, you absolutely without a doubt changed my life by coming on my podcast. And What I'm excited about today is that there are so many people listening right now, right now, who are listening to this episode out of curiosity for other people, right? They're listening to this episode because they think this is an interesting thing I keep hearing about. But there are going to be people in this audience that after today's episode, their lives will also be changed. And I will never forget After we stopped recording the first interview you did on the Gold Digger podcast, you said to me this, you said, Jenna, do you want to know why I came on your podcast? And I said, why? And I had just done the entire interview through one lens. And you said, I came on your podcast because I, without a doubt, think that you have ADHD and my world cracked open. So Tracy, welcome back to the Gold Digger podcast. I am delighted to be here. And Jenna, let's get people to really lean in and let's change some lives because we're going to do it today, right? I want to say, Jenna, are you sure I said I'm absolutely certain? Wasn't it more, Jenna, I don't know. There's a lot of ADHD, you know, (laughs) qualities that I think you might have. Maybe you should do a little research. I thought you came into the conversation (laughs) thinking, I think I have this. I had no idea. You were like, no, this is for other people. No, I had no idea. And you know, what's so funny is that after that conversation, literally that day, I downloaded the raw audio and listened to it back through the second (laughs) lens. I then sent the raw audio to my mother, my sister, my brother, and I opened up something for my entire family. And what's so interesting, Tracy, is that when we started this conversation on ADHD as a family, it was very quickly revealed that my dad had always thought he had it and no one had ever told us. And Uh, so it was one of those things that really opened things up, not just for me, but also for my entire family and also for me as a mom, noticing different things in my own children. So Before we get into all this, give us a quick reminder of who you are and what you do, and then we're going to crack some lives open in the best way possible. I'd love to. So obviously, my name is Tracy Otsuka, and I have everything ADHD for smart-ass women, including a podcast, a huge Facebook group, and now a book with HarperCollins called ADHD for Smart-Ass Women. I basically help ADHD women 
fall in love with their brains. There is so much about the pathology, but the truth of the matter is 43% of people with ADHD are in excellent mental health. Not okay mental health, excellent mental health. And you know, this was a big study out of Canada, came out in 2022, and nobody is talking about it. Mm. I don't understand. Instead of focusing on everything we can't do or we shouldn't be able to do, why aren't we talking about all the things we do really well? And what are those people, those 43% of all people with ADHD that are in excellent mental health, what are they doing? Why yes. don't we talk about that? Yes. Oh my gosh. Amazing. First off, congratulations on your book. Thank For you. someone with ADHD, writing and getting a book to the finish line is a massive accomplishment. So huge congrats on that. Uh, it was the hardest <laughs> thing I ever did. Yeah. Yes. Truly, truly. Okay, so let's break down because something that I think is so fascinating and the more that my eyes were open to it, the more that I had this awareness around it is that a lot of female entrepreneurs have ADHD, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed. Why is this? What is it about us as entrepreneurs that may have that common trait? Well, a couple things. If you think about it, if someone did poorly in school. And a lot of people with ADHD struggle in school because number one, we have brains of interest. That means if we're really interested in something, we do really well in it. If we're not interested, we could not be bothered. So school goes wide instead of deep, right? You have to learn a little bit about a lot of stuff that you don't care about. And so what I've seen with, and I'm going to answer your question, what I've seen with ADHD people is once they get up to like the master's level and PhDs, they tend to be top of their class because they're doing something that they're passionate about, something that they're interested in. So if you struggle in school, you may not have a lot of other options, right? And so you start out, I don't know, being a barista at Starbucks and you're like, I hate this and I suck at it because it's like Groundhog Day. It never ends. I do all the stuff I'm supposed to do. And then I come back the next day and I have to do the same thing. We yeah. tend to be lifelong learners. And so when things are new and exciting, we're all in. And then the minute it gets a little bit boring, we want to look for the next thing. So that might be number one. Number two is we tend to be the kind of people that really like freedom. We don't like people telling us what to do. We want to challenge the status quo. We don't like things that have always been the way they are. We were just talking about that, right? <laughs> um, we like things that that are new and that are novel. And so the beauty of entrepreneurialism is every single day, it's something different, right? And if you're running the show, you can be the one that chooses, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have them do that. Yeah. Beyond that, if you think about the qualities of ADHD, we can't sit still. We sometimes struggle to think before acting, which is actually brilliant if you're an entrepreneur, right? Because we don't yeah. have that fear that a lot of people have. And there have been studies on this, by the way. And if we struggle to focus we need to be doing something we can hyper-focus on, and that would be our businesses. So, yeah. And then we've got hyperactivity, which means tons of energy, and we're problem solvers. We learn really quickly. We make connections. We see patterns where most people don't make any connection. They don't even think about it. Does that make sense? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. One thing that I very much appreciated in our last interview is you broke down the difference between like ADD, ADHD. Are they the same? Can you interchange those? Can you break that down? Because I think that might be a really common question. And I think a lot of the ways that we think about ADD or ADHD are not necessarily how they show up specifically with women. Yeah, exactly. So uh, honestly, I personally think there should just be ADHD. I know that, you know, when they talk about, okay, so the three types are hyperactive ADHD. They usually combine that with hyperactive inattentive is another form. And then the third form is where you have some hyperactivity and some inattention. And that's what most people are, is um, the combined type of ADHD. Women have inattentive ADHD they're two times more likely to have inattentive ADHD than men do. And so when you think about a man or a boy and you think about ADHD, you think about that annoying kid, right? Who's climbing Mm -hmm. the walls, who won't sit still, who won't stop talking, who's oppositional, who's sometimes angry and aggressive. Women don't typically look like that. Some of us do, but most of us don't. Again, we have more of the inattention. And the inattention means or looks like that young girl who's sitting in the back of the classroom and she's daydreaming and she's in her own fantasy world. And then all of a sudden the teacher calls on her and she's like, what, what, you know, I'm in class, has no clue where they are in the book, what they're talking about. But because they're not annoying, you know, they don't get the services. You know, they're fine with their parents. They're kind, they're gentle. They have lots of empathy. And so they're well-liked. So nobody thinks there's really a problem. It's just like, oh, well, that's just Susan. Yeah. But it's a real problem. So what I'm trying to say is girls internalize their symptoms more. So they're in their heads versus boys and men tend to externalize their symptoms. So they're being annoying to the outside world. Like you can physically see it. Yes. And the reason this matters is when you are in your head all the time and you're basically picking on yourself, right? You've got this voice that's constantly saying, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do what everybody else is doing? Why am I always late? Why can't I turn my homework on in time? You're beating yourself up. And over time, that can cause anxiety and depression. Mm. So most girls and women, not most, but many get diagnosed with anxiety and depression instead of ADHD, which is fine if they have anxiety and depression and they can have the two comorbid. But often it's the ADHD that's causing the anxiety and the depression. Mm. You know, I can think of as you're speaking, I can think of so many instances, even I was laughing because I'm like, if Tracy or I are late to this, this interview, we're both just going to laugh about it because we get it. And Drew just got home and he was like, can you kiss Quinn real quick? And I was like, I'm doing three minute makeup because I was running late and da, da, da. And, you know, and it's like those conversations of like, why can I not get this right? Or like, Why is it so easy for other people to go through their mail and send bills in? Or why do I struggle to just fold and put away my clothes? And it's all of these little simple things. But then you could toss me on stage in front of thousands of people and I could show up. You could bring me into a crisis with an ambulance and I would know somehow what to do. (laughs) And it's so crazy because one thing that I love about you is I feel like you bring to light the beautiful things about this and also give us the grace 
and the attention around the areas where you might struggle. So first, let's talk about some of the places that women with ADHD, especially high achieving smart ass women, where they struggle and what that might look like. Well, it's exactly what you just said. We can do big, important things, but it's the Monday, everyday stuff that happens over and over and doesn't stop. Yeah. We just suck at. And so where I've seen this really affect, especially women entrepreneurs with ADHD, is they are powerhouses in their career and in their businesses. But then they struggle to do the basic stuff like get dinner on the table, like we're responsible for that. Right. And that's part of the problem. But society kind of thinks, yeah, you're supposed to do your career and you're supposed to get dinner on the table. You're supposed to be the basically the CEO of the entire family, including your partner. You're supposed to manage the social calendar. And you see all these women who are able to do both. And you wonder, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this basic stuff? And so you start telling yourself, I'm a bad mother when you are as far from a bad mother as you can possibly be. I mean, what our kids need is they need our energy, our light, our joy, our positive emotion. And most of us have boatloads of that. That's what makes happy kids. Not, you know, that you have a gourmet meal on the table every night, right? After you've worked an eight hour day. So I think what I would love to make sure that your audience knows is if you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, there's something that isn't quite right and I don't know what it is. And you've heard the definition of ADHD and you're like, ah, maybe I'd like to talk about the three telltale signs, if it's okay with you. Yeah, that would be great. Of what it might look like behind the scenes if you have ADHD. Yeah. And the first one is unexplained underachievement. Okay. So that could be the kid who, or the adult who is like, when you talk to them, you can tell how bright they are and how passionate they are about certain things. But if you look at their life, you're just like, they should have done more than they've done. Or If you're looking at, let's say, a woman or a a man who is a powerhouse career-wise, but inside they're thinking, again, what we were just saying, why can I do these big, giant things that nobody else can do, but it's these little day-to-day things that I struggle so much with? And so you are, the unexplained underachievement may not be outward, but it's inward. So people may look at you and think, oh, she's got it all together. And you probably do. But wait until you get to perimenopause, right? I mean, because (laughs) estrogen modulates dopamine. And so everything then can go to hell, which is my story. So that's number one. Number two is this consistent inconsistency. And I used to laugh about it with my son. You will get A's and F's. Knew she was a D or a C, but sometimes F's in the same subject, in the same week. Like, what is that all about? And that's what gets teachers and parents and coaches to think, he's just not trying enough, or she's just not trying enough because look, he can do this or she can do that. But this stuff, you know, it must be a character flaw or a moral failing. And in the truth of the matter, it's not. It's low dopamine, which is ultimately what's going on in our ADHD brains. The third thing is typical productivity hacks or tips and tricks do not work for us. And 
everything that I'm saying, I want to qualify it by saying you've met a person with ADHD. That means you've met one person with ADHD because all of our symptoms look so different. And that is why it's so hard to diagnose. Yeah. Most of us, though, when we're told, go eat the frog, like, really? First thing in the morning, you're going to make me do the hardest thing? And no. Or what's the other one? Oh, time blocking. You may be able to do time blocking. I cannot do. In fact, I think I've heard you talk on a podcast about it. I have tried, cannot do it. Yeah. Part of it with us is, you know, if you think about time, you can do it though, right? I can. I can do 20 minutes is my limit. 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what you're doing. So this is my favorite hack. Yeah. Oh, you got your little Have you ever used this thing? No. Okay. It's a Datix cube. And what is it, Jenna, where I'm exactly like you? Yeah. Can't start. Can't start. Can't start. I sit at my desk and I see this cube. And I'm like, you know what, Tracy, all you have to do is 25 minutes. Yes. If you finish 25 minutes and you want to stop, you may stop. So this is what I do. This is literally a timer timer and it counts down. But do you notice that I don't have to turn anything on? I don't have to open my phone. I literally, it's on my desk and I kind of like it because it's pretty and it's bamboo. And I do this, right? Love that. And what is it about our brains? Do you know how many times I've done this? Like literally probably six years worth. I still haven't figured out. So I start and 17 hours later, I'm looking up going, oh, I did it. I have never quit once. Yeah. And that is what gets me to do hours of work. That simple little hack. Yep. Why haven't I figured out that I'm basically faking myself out, right? Yeah. That yesterday, I didn't want to work out. And I was like, okay, you can go walk on the treadmill and watch a Real Housewives episode as soon as you finish doing this email review. So I'm reviewing emails and all of a sudden I've been walking for an hour. I never turned on Real Housewives. I got through a ton of work and it was, and it was just like so funny to me. And I think that one of those tips is so huge is like, if you are someone who struggles to simply start things, tell yourself like you can quit after five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever that threshold is. Because like Tracy said, like I've never quit. Like when I work out, I tell myself that every time, if you don't want to do this in five minutes, you can quit. I end up doing it. And then some, because it's just like that, that first hurdle feels so huge. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we've done it a million times, it's transition. So we struggle to start. (laughs) But then once we lock in and hyper-focus, we yeah. struggle to stop, right? Yeah. It's the same things. So so anyway, let me just wrap up on that productivity tips and tricks. Yeah. You know, if we could just do it, if we had those kinds of brains, we would have already done it, right? So I really think the key in all of this is positive emotion. Yeah. And unfortunately, what happens to us in school, if we struggled in school, and I'll be honest, I... I never thought I struggled in school. I just had this idea that, oh my God, I was so smart and I did everything I was supposed to do and I always got A's. But when I really went back and thought about it, that wasn't true at all. I worked so much harder than everyone else. Mm -hmm. You too? Same. I I was, you know, when you were going over some of the signs, like it was expected of me to get straight A's. And I remember my brother never studied. He never had to study Mm -hmm. for tests. And I had such anxiety around exams because I didn't trust myself to remember things. Like I would cram, I would remember things in very weird ways. And then the minute the test was over, my brain would release all the information 
situation and I would never be able to call it back in, but I would get by like that. It's so crazy. I'm so surprised because I really thought that you would have amazing working memory. No, terrible. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Because, you know, I was talking... I think I had, it was Denise Duffield Thomas that I had on my podcast yeah. and she said her working memory is just clutch. And so is my son's. Yeah. So no. it, again, it really depends on the person, but it is. So even if you did well in school, if you think about this, yeah. that is so anxiety producing, right? You never know when you can rely on your brain. Yeah. And yeah. so if that's how you go through life, it's no wonder we develop imposter complex and perfectionism mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And with women, the other thing that I wanted to mention that I think is really important. So for boys, they typically develop the symptoms of ADHD around the age of seven. Okay. Women, girls, it's puberty. Mm. Of course, the Hormones. DSM-5, which di- you know is what clinicians use to diagnose ADHD, yeah. it doesn't say anything about that. So a lot of us notice during puberty, and I don't know if this was your experience, I could do all the German school plays. I was the lead in German because my mom was German, I could do the English speaking stuff, the lead, no problem. I hit 13. I couldn't even remember one line of my favorite song. And I'm still like that. Was that you or are you better than that? Definitely not better than that, but I would have (laughs) to like go back and remember what it was. You know, it's so, it's just so interesting because something like an ADHD diagnosis is so life-changing and it almost makes you kind of go back in time and look at things through a new lens. And I also think, and Tracy, you tell this story in the initial interview and I remember that. And so people can go back and listen to it about how you were bringing your son in to get diagnosed. And that's when your diagnosis was revealed. But I also do think that mothering young children reminds you so much of different things that you were passionate about, or you lit up about, or you were frustrated by, or you hated and like all of these different things. And So I think sometimes motherhood can be the mirror that so many of us need to remember like us as a child and to kind of go back and get those memories that we might have forgotten. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Well, and to me, that's what photographs do too. And I yeah. know, you know, you are so good with photographs. And if you knew how many thousands of dollars I've spent to have people organize my photos and then, you know, the thing is it requires follow-up, right? Yeah. And so then it's just, and so photos for me, I think part of the reason I struggle with them is because they're related to time, which mm-hmm. is something we we have problems with, right? Yeah. And time is linear and it's related to numbers and all of that stuff. My brain just doesn't work that way. When I look at photos, Jenna, they make me sad. Mm. And they make me sad because, first of all, I loved being a parent. Yeah. I didn't do any of the sandbox mom stuff. You know, they if it weren't for my husband, they would have starved. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, and I think that's when people with ADHD can be most successful is when they have a partner, right? Yeah. Who can pick up the stuff that they really suck at and yeah. don't want to do. But when I look at those photos, it triggers the memories that I don't remember any of the stuff that happened until mm. I see the photo. So I know it's locked in there somewhere, mm. but it makes me sad because I have no concept of time. And so mm. it literally feels like yesterday. And mm. so when people used to say to me, cherish this, enjoy it, goes by really fast. Yeah. I'm like, you have no idea how I literally blinked. Yeah. And and there they were, you know, in college and, and gone. So Again, it's, it's, it's that time thing. Yeah. You know, let's talk about time blindness a little bit. It's something that mm-hmm. I've been having to teach my husband about. It's something that I really struggle with. And it's so interesting to me because like, for example, every Saturday morning, I go to one yoga class a week. I need to be out of the door by 7 a.m. Every week I wake up with ample time, too much time, so much time. I should make the perfect latte, get a load of laundry and maybe even prep breakfast if I'm feeling like it. And all of a sudden I am berating myself as I am speeding out the door, wondering if the yoga class is going to lock before I get in there, running in with my mat every Everyone's already set up in Zen. And here I am, this frantic (laughs) ball of energy every single week. And it's like, how does this keep happening? How does this happen? What in yoga class, no less, right? Oh my gosh. So you come winding in and I'm sure the people are like, you know, against the wall. Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Well, 
again, it's all related to dopamine. So we have two kinds of brains. We either have an interest-driven brain or we have a, oh my gosh, what is the word? So this is, yeah, this is my brain, (laughs) you know, in full living color. So we either have interest-driven brains or we have importance-driven brains. That publicist keeps telling me, Tracy, just hang on, it comes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like butterflies, you know, and you're trying to grab them. (laughs) Just give it a Um, moment. Right. We either have important driven brains. And so neurotypical people have importance driven brains. They see what's important to other people and they're able to just go along with it. And so if it's important to you, you know, to your teacher or important to your parent or important to your partner or important to the other people in the yoga studio, you're going to make sure that it happens. We have interest-driven brains and we hate to be bored. Again, it's that time thing, right? Yeah. I mean, even five minutes, and I'm sure this happens to you too, where you will, it's a really important Zoom call. You will literally get there five minutes early and then you can't be bored. I mean, we don't have a handle on time. And so we don't want to be wasteful of time. Every single little second counts because we don't understand it, right? And so- I'll look at something and go, oh my gosh, that needs to be done. I have five minutes. I can do it. I'll bang it out. And then all of a sudden I'll look up and I'm literally 10 minutes late for the meeting. Or I've actually forgotten that I had a meeting. Yes. But it's all about dopamine, right? Our brains don't make enough dopamine. Well, they don't really know, is it that it doesn't make enough dopamine or we don't, we don't process the dopamine the way normal people do, other people do. But the reality of the matter is we just forget. And it's the working memory too. I mean, if I asked you, Jenna, does this happen every week? You tell me, yes. Well, Jenna, how do you prevent it from happening? Like, what do you do? I'm curious. If you, I don't think you really care, Yeah. right? I don't think you're really interested because you know, you can climb it, you know, slide in there at the last minute and you'll make it happen. And that works for you. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I think of yoga and the dermatologist. Every time I go to the dermatologist, it's like guns blazing. I'm running in, throwing a sweater on. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's, and there's well, always an excuse, right? And you're just yeah, thinking, oh my like, God, these oh, people must be. I have set like so many reminders because like even I need reminders for everything. So like if you tell me like in 25 minutes, you need to go make a bottle for the baby. Like I need a reminder because there's absolutely no way in hell that I'm going to know when that happens and what happens. Here's my question for you that you just spurred in me. So I have always had this obsessive tendency of like being the most efficient person in the sense of like, if I'm going to walk to the fridge, but I also know I need a glass, I'm going to think through what is the path that is going to take the least amount of steps and the least amount of time. I think through that with every facet of my life to the point of like exhausting myself. Is that something that is ADHD? Like how can I be the most efficient, productive person in every stretch of the time? Or is that just a me problem? I personally think that has to do with drivenness, Mm, right? Yeah. And drivenness is a form of hyperactivity. I also think that, you know, we think we don't have systems. We think we don't have a way of doing things because our systems and our way of doing things is different than their systems. And so we've probably been told from the time we were little, that's not the right way to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you have clearly developed a system where you're going to be as efficient as you can. And I personally think that probably is because you realize how valuable time is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably and true. You made it work for you. It's so funny too, Tracy. Do you know the Enneagram at all? Yeah. Okay. So my husband's an Enneagram one, which means like everything to him is black and white. Like there is a right way mm. to load the dishwasher and a wrong way. There is a right way to bring the groceries in from Target and a wrong way. And it drives me stinking crazy. The other day we got in an argument about which direction the butter faces in the fridge. I mean, I could, I can't handle that. And it's so funny because to me, it's like, if it's done, it's done. Like it, it doesn't matter. And yeah. like to him, you know, there's a right and wrong way. So let's talk about ADHD and partnership. You kind of mentioned it earlier where a lot of people can positively benefit if they have a partner that is not neurodivergent or support in their life that kind of helps them not go off the rails. Mm -hmm. So let's talk through that. Remind me, your husband is not ADHD, correct? He is not. Okay. He is a, what I call a quiet type A. Okay. So he sounds a lot like your husband. Yes. He's very driven, Yeah. but he's very quiet about it yeah. versus I'm very driven, but I'm kind of like, ah! Yes. You know, like you, you got it all. Yes. And sometimes people might not see that as drivenness. So they may underestimate me. So how do we like seek out support with people? So if we are neurodivergent, what would be some of the best ways that we could like seek out support, whether it's through a partner, whether it's through team members, whether it's through coworkers, whether it's through our parents, like, are there any ways to like help explain our brains to people who don't experience what we experience? Well, I mean, the first thing I would do is send them to my book, yeah. ADHD for Smart Ass Women, <laughs> because that really will give you the whole picture. In fact, I have a story in there yeah. from actually one of my team members who is amazing, Sandra. She helps me with all my live video stuff. And what she said is when she was diagnosed and she was diagnosed after meeting me, which most of my friends are yeah. because, you know, like attracts like. What she did is she gave them a copy of a book, Ned Hallowell's book, ADHD 2.0. But you're going to buy mine first, right? Yep. <laughs> so she gave him a copy of that and he read the book. And what he came away saying to her after was, I feel like I've learned a new language mm. because now I understand you and I understand why you do the things you do and that you're not just doing this to be annoying or irritating or that there's some power trip going on, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's all about power or connection. So you pick one. And so when your partner realizes that you're not doing this on purpose, it's just how your brain works. Yeah. I have seen relationships literally do mm. a complete 180. I have a couple team members who have ADHD mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. been so fun to like help them figure out like, what is your flow state? What are you actually yeah. excited about? And when you start to like crack that open, the work is so much better. And it's so interesting too, because like when I have a person who is not neurodivergent that can help me with like the executive tasks, that's when I am actually creative. I hate more than anything, a day full of meetings or having to get into the inbox and respond to the 80 emails yeah. that I have been avoiding. I hate that stuff. And so the biggest yeah. ways that people can support me are by doing some of those menial tasks that aren't so menial to me. They're a really big freaking deal. Like yes. I would rather teach a live webinar for an hour unprepared than respond to those emails. And so it's really interesting too, when you can kind of express or start to learn about yourself 
where you need help and figure out different ways to call it. And we recently got a very part-time nanny and part of her job is half the time she's with the kids. And then half the time she's helping around the house. And it's all the stuff that like I see every day and it drives me crazy, but I don't have the energy, stamina, interest yeah. to complete them. And it's like so funny because she'll leave and I'm like, you just changed my life by putting away those clothes. Yeah. You just changed my life. But like, you know, it's just so funny because it's small, but it's not small. No. And it's different for everyone. But I want to repeat the words back that you said. Yeah. I got a very part-time nanny. Yeah. That, <laughs> as women, yeah. and as women with ADHD, it's almost like we feel like we have to apologize, right? If a man was in your situation, yeah. I have a nanny. Yeah. But we're like, oh, that means that I'm not quite as good a mother. And I had a nanny too. Yeah. And I remember feeling exactly that same way. Yeah. But without that nanny, my kids would have never been as happy as they are with that nanny, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not. And I remember women saying, well, don't, because all of my friends were stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Well, don't you feel bad that someone else is doing that? You know, they're taking care of your kids. Yeah. And I remember saying no. Yeah. Because they're doing the stuff that I suck at that I don't want to do. And so I'm not very good at it. So I can do the things that are really important. But I think as women, we are, you know, we've been sold this bill of goods that this is our work because number one, we're better at it. Yeah. I'm not right. And number two, if we don't do it, it means that we're not as good a parent. And I just think that's a bunch of bullarchy. Yeah. And it's been so life-changing because what's so yeah. interesting is when I am mothering, I'm also noticing all the other things that need to get done. So then I'm half yeah. mothering while also cleaning the fruit from the store and prepping tomorrow's school right. lunch and throwing in the laundry. And so it's been so interesting because to me, I'm like, when I'm with my kids, I want to be all in, but I cannot yeah. turn that brain off if yep. I am seeing all of these other things that need to be done. And so, yes, I totally agree with that. And it's just been so transformative because I think too, a lot of times ADHD women, it's easy for us to outsource things in the business. If we are entrepreneurs, it's easier for us to start to loosen the grip in that way, but it can yes. be really hard for us. And this is my experience to loosen the grip in asking for help in life tasks. And honestly, ah. we probably need more help in the life tasks than in the business. Do you agree? Absolutely. And the thing about it is Ultimately, this is all about positive emotion. Yeah. And this applies to anybody that's listening, right? But for those of us with ADHD, when we are in positive emotion, we are glowing, we are on fire, we are our best selves. When we're in negative emotion, we're beating ourselves up. All we can focus on is everything that hasn't been done. Yeah. And so if you can take all that off your plate, yep. you're a more joyful mom. And yep. guess what? A more joyful mom is a much better mom. Yes. You know, we don't have to do all of these things. Our kids will be just fine. In fact, they'll be better than fine. Yes. Right? When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive members 
membership sites, and so much more. Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. So as we round this out, I want to know what sort of strategies did you implement in writing and editing and going through the whole process of your book? Because like we said, writing a book is the hardest thing we have ever done, especially for women with ADHD. And so talk me through some of the things that maybe a listener could apply to a project that feels insurmountable or a dream business that they haven't yet started. What are some things that helped you get through the process? Oh my gosh, it was hard. So I had to stop beating myself up because in no other area do I remember doing this. But I consider myself a really strong writer, but writing a book and or writing a blog post or writing an email, you know, it's completely different. Or even writing the, you know, for on the book proposal, you have to write yeah. the chapter summaries. Yep. That was actually really easy for me. Yep. Writing a book is so different because it involves so many different people. It's very linear, which is not how my brain works. And, you know, when you have so, this is an ADHD thing. You've got so much and you've been writing for a year and you no longer know what's important. Yeah. And so you need someone, you know, to come help you do those sorts of things. But one of what I realized is I wanted to start my day. I wanted to get all my writing done and then be done with it. And I realized early on, I just couldn't do it. I don't know what it was about my brain. And so this is what you were alluding to as well. You need to figure out what works for you. You've already got systems. And so what I discovered is I just couldn't write before two o'clock. And I knew this when I was writing posts for like Attitude Magazine and, you know, things like that. I just could not write before two o'clock. So I just let that go. And I started writing at two o'clock. But the things that we have to do to get our brains to pop up the dopamine, right? So that whatever we're doing gets done are, we have to make things interesting. And so again, we have brains of interest. And so what I would do is I would figure out ways that appealed to me that made it feel like a treat. I have a lot of FOMO. 
And so if I have to sit in my desk and write all day, I'm just never going to do it. So I found several coffee shops and I just started going to coffee shops. And that really helped. I had a writing partner, which helped as well, meaning someone just to check in with. I wanted accountability. But more than that, I just wanted to know that what I was doing was okay. And, you know, publishing is so linear brained and we are so not like that. So I always felt I was pushing up against what they wanted or what I thought they wanted, right? Versus what, what I felt like I wanted to write. And the truth of the matter is we have these nonlinear brains, but guess what? We need linear brains too. Yeah. So I know the project is so much better because they came in and said, okay, wait a minute, you talked about this here, 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 right? And there are certain times because I'm talking to an ADHD audience that I want to make sure I repeat it more than once because it takes us a couple of times for us to feel like, oh, wait, this is important, yeah. right? We're yeah. always kind of gauging between, is this important yeah. or is this important to us or is it important to someone else? I'm trying to think, what you know, I also, and this is super important, we are what I call next kind of people. We tend to struggle to celebrate. And because we struggle to celebrate our accomplishments, we often think we haven't done anything. I don't know about you, but when you talk to someone with ADHD and you go through their bio and you're like, oh my gosh, you've done so much. And they'll say, really? I did all that stuff? Like they don't even realize how much they've done. Even though they're highly successful, it's still, it's not enough. And I think that is because we've never learned to celebrate. Dopamine again. We finish a project. We don't really feel the reward or satisfaction that a neurotypical person would feel when it's done. So it's next and we're Mm -hmm. running into the next thing instead of pausing and really taking in how much work you just put into this book or this chapter, let's say, and now it is done and you're releasing it into the world. So celebrating is so important to link everything together and really make you understand that you can do big things, but you can also do little things. I mean, you could do this with every day deciding, okay, my intention is I want to drink a glass of water every day. And that would be really hard for a lot of people with ADHD. You know, you're dehydrated all the time, but you want to start. So I'm going to drink a glass of water first thing in the morning. You get that literally on your calendar. And the deal is, if I do nothing else that week, but that one thing that is my intention, it's what I want to do, because you're going to build an identity, right? I am the kind of person that drinks a glass of water every morning. I am the kind of person who does not walk around dehydrated because I know it's bad for my brain. And so you make that commitment to yourself and you finish it up in a week and you look at it after the week is done. You need to celebrate that and be proud of it because what you are teaching yourself to do is to trust yourself, that you are reliable to you and your intentions and what you want to get done. And so many of us, I think because we're so consistently inconsistent, we don't know when it's going to show up. We don't know if our brain's going to cooperate. We develop this sort of learned helplessness. And it's because we think that, oh, well, if this is what I really, you know, what I really want, I just don't know if I can actually do it. So you need to prove to yourself, starting with the small things, that you can actually complete them and you can actually do it. Mm, I love that. Well, 
Writing a book is no small thing, and I cannot wait to get my copy. Where can everybody get their hands on your book, ADHD for Smartass Women? Where can they connect with you? Where can they listen to your podcast? Where can they learn more from you? You are a wealth of information. So if you feel cracked open after this episode, you got to take a deep dive on all things Tracy. Tell us where to go. So I would love if you would go to my book site, which is ADHDforsmartwomen.com forward slash book. And if you go there, you'll get all the bonuses as well for buying the book. You can find me, you know, on all the podcast platforms, ADHD for smart ass women. I'm at Tracy Otsuka on Instagram. And our big Facebook group is also called ADHD for smart ass women. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. This was such a treat. And your initial interview was one of my most referenced interviews of all time because it has just been so transformative. So today is going to be like the icing on top. Thank you so much for coming back. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And I know we changed some lives today, Jenna. (laughs) I agree. I agree. There are people right now that are cracked open about to take a deep dive and get to know themselves and fall in love with their brain in a new way. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I could talk to Tracy for hours and hours and hours, not only because we could go down a million different rabbit holes together, but because she is so inspiring in how she looks at ADHD through her specific lens. When I say my life was totally changed by her, that is the understatement of this century. For me, it really opened me up to understand myself in a new way, to get resources and help, and to be able to express the areas where I struggle without berating myself all of the time. Still something I'm working on. One of my biggest goals of 2024 is to continue to learn more about my brain, and I cannot wait to get my hands on Tracy's book, ADHD for Smart Ass Women. Make sure you go get your coffee today. Thank Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team 
is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.